the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. My name is Julian Gibb, and I'm speaking to you today on regards to The Kingdom and Its Stories. How do people around the world serve as Jesus' hands and feet? How do we put our faith into practice? And today we're blessed to have a friend of mine named Christina, Christina is a wonderful person who lives in uh, Armenia and uh, had uh, the pleasure of uh, meeting with her uh, when she was in Phoenix about a week ago and just hearing her stories. And uh, so I thought this would be a great time, a great opportunity to share what she is doing the other side of the world with you guys here now. So, Christina, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very glad to share about what the Lord is doing in our part of the world. Well, Christina, first of all, tell us a little bit about about your part of the world, uh, Armenia. Um, I'm a little bit ignorant. I know where it is on the map. I know it has a beautiful culture. Uh, But tell us a little bit more about your country and your area of the world. Yes, Armenia is a very small country. You even will not see it on the world, only a small number. We are just 2 million people in Armenia. But we are surrounded by many Muslim nations, like the big ones are Turkey and Iran and Azerbaijan. So you now can imagine approximately where we are. We also used to be a part of a large empire, Soviet Union. And now we have been an independent state for the last 30 years. So we minister both in Armenia and to surrounding countries, particularly to five stunned countries, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, and Turkmenistan. And so uh, is there a common thread between, between all those countries or... Um... Are you all very different? Say, like France is very different from Italy and so forth. Is it, or is there a common thread? Uh, when we were with Soviet Union, there were fifteen republics, and all of them were quite different with their own uh, ethnic language. And even in each country, there were several other nationalities because some uh, ethnic groups they don't have their own countries. But we also are kind of united by the common history of Soviet Union. So we have the same, most of us have the same political structure, administrative structure, uh, 
some of legislation is in common. And of course, we are united by, but by one common language, Russian. So we all speak, besides our ethnical languages, we all speak Russian language. Ah, and so uh, historically, or in the last uh, decades, um, it's been a, a, an atheist government. Uh, correct me when I go wrong. And, uh, and so, um, but our, Armenia is uh, a place where Christianity is uh, permitted and uh, indeed is uh, a place where it can be freely, freely practiced, even though there are other places in your area of the world where that is not so. They don't have those liberties, those, um, th- those freedoms. So, uh, Christina, t- tell us about how you are and uh, Joseph's House and all the things that you do. How, how, how are the organizations that you work with, how are you reaching out to people around the world and telling them about Jesus, but also showing them Jesus in your and your organization's life? Yes, you are right about Armenia. It is uh, historically, it's been a Christian nation from a very early, actually from the fourth century, as right. early as fourth century. Huh. And we got our alphabet uh, in, in the in fifth century in order to translate the Bible into our uh, language. And that is why we are based here because I and my husband, we grew in Uzbekistan, which is uh, now it is a Muslim nation. Yes, uh, it was all atheist, of course, during Soviet Union, but we are based in Armenia and we have more freedom here to minister to all these surrounding nations. Uh, So we are involved in uh, several directions of ministry and I will share some of them. The first one I should say is a Samaritan strategy with Harvest Foundation and um, where we teach uh, church leaders how to demonstrate God's love and how to share gospel practically. Uh, Actually, uh, these are eight core lessons that we teach. And then there is a follow-up program and we end up by uh, teaching people to do small seed projects, small projects of demonstration of God's love to uh, non-believers. And that is so great because in many of these countries, it is illegal actually to share gospel with your mouth, with your word. You can even go to jail for that. So there is a lot of persecutions. And when church leaders, they learn how to do small projects, how to do practical actions of loving your neighbor, then these people, they really get touched in their heart and they start asking questions. Why do you do that? What moves you to show your love? What moves you to spend your time, to spend your money, uh, to take care of us? And in in some of cases, we are those who persecute you and you still, you Christians, you still love us and you do good things to us. And then it becomes a good platform to start sharing. You know, we do that because we, God loves you and we love you too. And we want to show God's love to you. Amen. Amen. And so, um, you know, I can't resist giving a plug for Harvest. You know, well, well, why is that? Well, because I work for them. So, uh, <laughs> yes. uh, HarvestFoundation.org, go check us out. 
but Christina is the one who does the real hard work. You know, I push bits of paper around on a desk and uh, talk and she's she's out there doing all the hard work. And so, Christina, um, you know, if we're obviously without names and places and so forth. But uh, can you share some of the stories about how of the seed projects and of those uh, who may um, may be hostile to you in, or, or to those you're working with and yet uh, have received love? Yes, I just was I was about to share a story of our sister. Well, I will say a name uh, to to okay. to have some kind of name. It's not a real name. Okay. Let's, let's say Sister Kasima from Central Asia, uh, who has been trained by by me. By the way, during COVID time via Zoom. You know, COVID stopped all of us, and we couldn't travel anymore. But God opened up new possibilities that we didn't have before. And I had a very small group of four women on Zoom, but all these women, they were from different countries. I wouldn't been able to do that, you know, to be present at the same time in all these four countries. But because of them, that was possible. So one of them was Kasima, who was trained. Uh, I emailed to her all the lesson plans and presentations and all of that. And Kasima, she already was a good uh, leader and good teacher. And she now acquired this great uh, instrument, as she says now, that she can travel to further places of her countries, to faraway villages and small towns, and teach these eight core lessons of harvest. And they're so good. They're so simple, using local resources. And she has been training some of the leaders for the last two years. And she just finished training in uh, a particular town. And there is a a sister there who learned that she now can share the gospel, not only with her words, but also with something that she has locally. So this sister, she just learned uh, doing makeup. Hmm. This is what she learned to do. And she said, oh, why? not use that something local that I have and I have all these cosmetics already she brought some other sisters with her they went to the street and they found these women who clean the streets who sweep the streets and usually these women they are very uh, badly paid and they are dirty and you know they are not nice looking so they started talking to them and there was one particular woman who got interested in they offered to her, can you, uh, do you want to have a makeup? Do you want to have a makeup trans- uh, transformation? And she's, she never heard of it. She even hasn't been washing her hair for quite a long time. And she said, yes, I want to try. Why not? So cutting the long story short, they completely transformed her into the most beautiful lady. And I have this video. It's amazing. Some other lady, a shop owner, donated a nice clothing to her. And she just couldn't believe she was a, you know, dirty street sweeper. And now she is a princess. And they took pictures of her. They made a video. So now the family of this woman who has been transformed, they were shocked so much. So they wanted to learn who are these people who did that to her. And they learned about Christ. 
they learned about God, about his love, and that God loves her and he sees her beautiful just like that. And now they have a Christian group, a Bible study group in a village where this street sweeper is from. Now she shares how God loves her, how he sees her beautiful. So that is one of the story, you know, taking something that you have and transforming into God's love that touches people's hearts. Because that, 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 that's a beautiful story, you know, because uh, sometimes we think we have to go out and do something amazingly big, you know, yes. uh, it's something very complicated, big, well-funded, uh, trans, you know, international uh, in order to have an effect. And yet, you know, it's just the person who is in front of us, the person that God has put in front of us and just reaching out, as you've said, with just what you have in your hands, whatever whatever you're good at, you know, whatever you have offering it to someone else. And, and that, that story of, you know, just um, uh, washing hair and putting on makeup and loving someone and guiding them, not only them, their whole family to a faith in Jesus Christ. Yes, yes, that's amazing. We, we do think that only complicated things are needed to, to do big work, to do God's work. Yeah, we can take something little that we have and God will take this small seed and uh, transform it into something big, into something wonderful. Oh, man. You know, so I guess for myself and those listening, you know, it's well, I, I just talk about me. You know, it's just just start, you know, just, you know, don't don't analyze it so that it stops you from doing anything just start you know and see how god yes. god leads you but uh now christina <clears throat> i know all the things you do at harvest and you you uh and you you're wonderful at that uh but also you're involved with uh, uh joseph's house uh now now tell, yes. tell tell me a little bit about that yes joseph's house is uh, actually kind of a retreat house for pastors and leaders and other believers who have uh, who went through persecutions and got tired because of that in many of these countries people cannot have bible in their home they wow. cannot gather for prayer even in their own home really uh, they have many, many, many different limitations and serving in such contexts make people tired, worn out. Sometimes they are ready to abandon ministry. So in Joseph's house, we invite them to Armenia, to a free country. We feed them well. We let them rest. We pray for them. We read the Bible together with them. We listen to their needs and they return being refreshed, you know, uh, strengthened and being ready to continue their ministry. That is the idea of Joseph's house. And so how, how, how did it start? How did you start this, this organization? Well, we started, actually, it started with us, uh, just like uh, Joseph, he went through hard time. And when he uh, become uh, a powerful man, he had opportunities to help his family who were suffering at that time from hunger. Just like us, we, uh, we uh, went through persecutions when we lived in Central Asia. But when we moved to Armenia, we wanted to take care of these people. And we thought, well, let, let's do something uh, for them to feel freedom, to experience freedom, to relax, to gain strength back. Mm-hmm. And we started accepting these families 
little by little. And then uh, we saw that there is a great need for that. And it grew into the whole project. So now we have a three-bedroom apartment in Armenia. We have four people of staff. We have 15 people of volunteers. And it's growing even more. We, we dream, we're dreaming to have actually a house to be able to enlarge our ministry. Amen. Oh, and so uh, have there been, again, you know, we won't use names or places, have there been, um, you know, can, can you give us stories of how uh, people have been uh, obviously healed through Jesus Christ, you know, and uh, but how he's operated through Joseph's house to, to help restore uh, the pastors and their families that have come through? Yes, yes, of course, we have many stories. I will share one of them. Uh, there was a just pastoral couple who came to Jesus' house, and we offered them to come with children, but they saw, they said, oh, we don't know if the authorities will uh, uh, let us out. We think maybe we will be stopped on the border and interrogated or threatened as they often do you know the, the government behaves this way with them because they know that they are pastoral families so they quite often they're being interrogated arrested and so on so they even didn't want to take children with them but they safely praise the lord came to armenia they stayed in jesus house and the first thing they did they started checking all the locks to make sure that everything is locked. And they were shocked when they didn't see any metal bars on the windows, any locks on the windows. And we said, we don't need that in Armenia. No right. one will come. It's a free country. So it's really been so relaxing for them to be in Armenia. And we took them to our church and we just said, be relaxed. You can go to a church officially and no police will come. It's okay in Armenia. We had many conversations with them. We prayed with them. And the last day, we have a tradition when we have a dinner and our guests share. And they said, you know what? We want to tell you one thing. And they were crying, telling uh, this to us that uh, before coming to Joseph's house, my wife and I, we made a decision to abandon our ministry because it was too much for us. We cannot go anymore. Uh, we're like, we're in our 50s. Let young people step in our place. We've been arrested so many times, interrogated and threatened. We are, we are really, really tired. But now, after staying with you for two weeks, Lord really touched us here. He spoke huh. to us. In this peaceful atmosphere, we, we even could hear from God, finally, that God wants us to minister, that our churches around, they need us because they look at us like at elder people. So we just recommitted our lives to Jesus, and we made a decision not to abandon our ministry, but to continue our ministry. And when they went, uh, when they went uh, home, they called us back and they said, we just held a great conference with praying calls through the nights. And our people say, oh, you kind of renewed people. We, you pastor now, not tight anymore, but fired for the Lord. Oh man, wow. That's, that's all I can say is wow. <laughs> You know, I mean, I mean, that's fabulous news, you know, sort of, you know, encouraging one another, as scripture says, you know, and so you're doing a really 
powerful ministry caring for people who are really in the front line facing you know all sorts of confrontations and difficulties and in just two weeks it's amazing what the lord can do through joseph's house and so not only that but then they went back and had the lord provided victories so well that that, that's wonderful and christina how can we um how can we help you guys? What what can we be praying about? What what are the challenges that that face you guys? How how can we be praying for you and for Joseph's house? Uh, well, we all know that uh, because of COVID and other things, uh, many simple things are so complicated. So please pray for these families to be able to come to Jesus house, uh, Joseph's house because. Uh, the flights can be canceled, you know, other things could interfere. So pray, pray really for these families and that they would really receive this healing, receive this restoration. Uh, so please pray for these families that will come. And uh, our next step dream is having a house, not an apartment. We want to go larger because there is really bigger need than we are doing now okay okay well wonderful so provision and obviously prayers to protect you from uh from the evil one who's doesn't like what you're doing um and also what we're not going to go into uh the geopolitical situation in your area at all we're not going to go there uh but i am going to say you know how how can we be praying for um you know for for, for ukraine you're you're closer connected so we're not going to go into all of that, but how can we be praying for for your your area, for yes, Ukraine? Is, and yeah, yes, there is so much pain, um, so much suffering. Pray for people. Pray for people uh, for God, uh, so that their hearts would not be hardened. Because in all of this conflict, it, some people they ask the question, "God, where are you?" So that people, rather than being, you know, feeling offended by God or something, they would, uh, on the contrary, open up their heart to seek for God's protection, to seek for God's peace, uh, even in this difficult time. Yeah. And of course, pray for provision for all these refugees and, and protection for people. Yes. And so, Christina, what what powers you? You know, you you and uh, and your husband, um, you you you're involved in so many things. Uh, you have children. You're dealing with people who ha- who are hurt, uh, people who have real issues. You know, it's not sort of fluffy stuff. You know, so so what what keeps you going? You know, you're 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 a wonderful person, but also you're 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 a human being. You know, you're finite. So. How how do you keep going? What what keeps you go, getting up in the morning when you're faced with you know wars and conflicts and persecution from people who are coming into your to your house? What what motivates you and what keeps you going? Uh, of course, my my faith in Jesus Christ and uh, just being in the Word, praying to Him, getting up in the morning and praying to God, gaining strength from Him. But also we have people who support us prayfully, uh, people who I can call and talk and open up my heart when it becomes too difficult for me. I also have uh, 
sometimes older people from some, some of them are from America, those missionaries who have been on the field for 30, 40 years, they have experience. I can talk to them. So it's uh, my support comes from God from one side and from people from the other side. Amen. And very quickly, I think we've got like a minute or, or two. Uh, tell us a little bit, because, you know, not only do you do that, you know, uh, you're involved in uh, Samaritan's uh, purse and helping with the shoe boxes and so forth. I, I do have one question. Do you sleep or do you just work 24 hours? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're doing so much. Um, but uh, tell, tell us very quickly about, about your involvement with uh, Samaritan's Purse and how that is reaching out to, uh, to people. we got one minute. Yeah, yeah. I'm a regional coordinator for Samaritan's Purse, and we distribute shoeboxes here in our region and the whole region. And we uh, do lessons, like Bible study lessons with children. And it, it works really great. Children open up their, you know, they already open. They open up their heart when they see this beautiful, nice gift. Yeah, this project is working really great here. Well, Christina, I uh, personally want to say a big thank you to you for taking the time. I know you're very busy. And uh, may the Lord bless you as you reach out to uh, pastors and care and their wives and care for them. And also for all the people in your surrounding area. May God bless your country and the stands. And for those listening, let us pray for Christina and all she she is doing. You've been listening to the kingdom and its stories. May God bless you. Go in peace. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on the Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.